is up, everybody? Welcome to this episode of College Rugby Wrap-Up, part of the Rugby Wrap-Up Network. I am Zach Lanning, and I am joined. We got the full host of College Rugby Wrap-Ups hosts today. I guess that doesn't make any sense, but uh, Zach joined by my colleagues Colby Marshall and Josh Recio. Uh, guys, welcome back in. Good to be talking more college rugby. Colby, thanks for holding down the fort last week with that great interview uh, with Fairfield's coach, which we'll be talking about a little bit later in the show today. But, you know, thanks for holding it down. I should. I was gonna say I should be telling you guys welcome back. Uh, having me go solo dolo last week on my own, but it's all good. We got it done. We're here. We're back. Family's back together. Happy reunion. Josh has a, a nice shirt on. Nice collared shirt. I know that's not know. iron. What? Whoa. What do you mean? Whoa. <laughs> I got the iron over here. You know, no one, It's a podcast. You know, this isn't going out there. But. Right. That's the reason we're doing a podcast is so we don't have to iron our clothes before we do the show. Um, yeah. But we should start every audio podcast describing what each other is wearing in our in the video of the podcast. That'd be a good way to do the audio. But uh, I like it. It helps me appreciate some scheduling more. You know, the people have to worry about at rugby level trying to schedule these podcasts. Uh, we all have different stuff going on. It's part of the rugby content creation game. Uh, trying to get everybody in one space for a half hour every week uh, is never easy. So shout out to all the other people doing that as well. But we're all here today. We're all here uh, ready to talk some rugby. Before we get into the college stuff, though, guys, want to talk about the Women's World Cup coming up. We had some news on that uh, for our outside of school segment here. They announced the roster of 32 that are going to head to New Zealand for that Women's World Cup in October. Uh, and I guess it does kind of count as college news because there are plenty of, you know, former college stars on that team and also a current college star uh, in Eddie Hungatow from Lindenwood, who has made the cut. Uh, she is the the only current college player, I believe, that is on that roster. Uh, but guys, what are your thoughts? Uh, Josh, we can start with you. Thoughts on the 32 headed over there to New Zealand? I mean, I'm really excited for the women's team. I think, again, we we said this before, they're playing with a lot of passion. This is like, it's like the, the scene is set perfectly for them to do really, really well in New Zealand, um, you know, kind of doing everything, trying to win for Kathy Flores this year. Um, who knows? I think I, I, I'm, I'm excited. I wish I could go. It'd be cool to go all the way down to New Zealand, but um, seems like a little bit far of a flight. <laughs> Just a bit. It's a bit of a trip uh, out to New Zealand, but who knows? Anything is possible. Uh, Colby, what are your thoughts on some of these players that name for the squad here? I uh, got the list in front of us. Got plenty of names that people will yeah. be very familiar with and people that you might not be so familiar with if you follow follow the sport. Yeah, definitely. You mentioned the one, Itai Hungatau, a player that we saw in Memphis during the college rugby sevens tournament. She was on the team, Lindenwood, that won the championship on the women's side. Absolute beast of a player dynamic in multiple facets of the game so fun to watch i can't wait to see what she does on the national level she's i think has gotten a few caps already for the u.s national team so she is definitely on the rise one of the young up-and-comers that are gonna make a name for themselves pretty soon so i cannot wait to see what she does uh itai hongatao super fun player to watch yeah she got her first cap with the national team at 18 i believe one of the if not the youngest player to uh, get their first cap for the, for the Eagles. Um, so I'm definitely excited to, to watch her play in this one. What I like about this is there are a lot of players on this roster that played in college and then also still kind of help out in college or coach in college. Uh, so Bridget Kahele from uh, Beantown RFC, who's who made the cut, is also, I believe, helping out at Brown University coaching uh, or one of the Ivies. Um, Olivia Ortiz is helping to coach at Davenport. She's a, a scrum half on this roster as well. 
Uh, and a little foreshadowing to what we'll talk about later on, but plenty of Penn State players on this roster who I think all played together, a lot of them on one team. Uh, so it'd be if I was making content for USA Rugby or looking, you know, for some content on the rugby team here, it'd be kind of interesting to see what that Penn State team was like to have all of these, like Tess Fury, uh, Carly, Carly uh, Waters, I believe, is on the same team as her one year. Uh, so it'd be kind of cool to look at, you know, how that roster got put together. But uh, it's great to see international level players kind of giving back to the college game that they that they took part in. Uh, so looking forward, again, to seeing how, how that all works out for them in New Zealand. Good luck to to them all. Um, Additionally, shout, shout out, out to – yeah, what were you going to say, John? I'm going to say shout out to Hope Rogers. I mean, I feel like it's everyone's goal to – I mean, I would think we'd all love to play in a Rugby World Cup. But to play in three Rugby World Cups, I mean, that is uh, – as the as the true veteran of the squad there, I feel like she's uh, – She's really representing the country well. I mean, kudos to her for being able to make it to her third Rugby World Cup. And, you know, we talk about that in other sports, like you see the Messi's and Ronaldo's, uh, you know, just lining up for another World Cup after another World Cup. But in rugby, it's even more impressive because of the physicality of the sport. Like, you're not supposed to last that long in a game like rugby. So it's even more impressive to be able to show up for your national team year after year or every four years, I guess it is. Yeah, that's the takeaway from this, I think, is that soccer is soft. Uh, so uh, that's good. But we can uh, we can move on to some more college news here. Uh, coming out of the NCR, the NCR National Collegiate Rugby, you know, the league that kind of has the fall on lock. They'll play the fall seasons, but they are launching a rugby content creator program to kind of help people shine a light or, or on current rugby creators uh, and accelerate the growth of the game in North America, they say. And, I mean, guys, we, you know, there's some – confusion on our end on whether or not this is just for college students or if other people can get involved. But even if you're thinking about it and you are in college or not in college and you're interested in kind of creating content in the rugby space, definitely just apply. Uh, you can find the, the link on, on their social media, on their Twitter uh, or on the website as well, I believe. Uh, but this is huge for us. Like we, you know, not only are we creating content in the rugby space, but we kind of rely on individual teams to create their own content so that we can get the information. Right, guys. I mean, is that how big is that for us to have those teams that are really, really good at disseminating scores and rosters and stuff ahead of time. Uh, just anybody want to talk about, it? I mean, how important that is for what we do. And then, you know, I think for the growth of the sport in, in general, I think it's awesome what NCR is doing. You know, I recently obviously got to sit down with Austin Ryan from Fairfield. He's somebody that I reached out to on Instagram, shot him a DM, reached out to Fairfield rugby. They gave me his contact and, you know, it was like, he was honored to do it. So I feel like the message is a lot of teams out there around the country are open to sharing their stories, sharing their testaments and um, willing to talk, willing to help grow their program. And it's, there's a lot to be had out there pretty much. So definitely something to look into. Yeah. Rugby teams be on the lookout for Colby Marshall sliding into your DMS <laughs> anywhere. He will do it and he will try and get you on the podcast. Uh, so keep an eye out. Uh, Josh, any thoughts on the uh, content creators at the college level? It's just that it's about time. I mean, I think, you know, you look at how the college rugby season is starting this year and I think more than ever, we need some, we need some people helping us out to get us more scores, to get us more content from games. I feel like, I feel like we're still looking at websites that got schedules from 2020 uh, you know, Twitter's apparently no one's using Twitter these days, unless you're a, a top 10 program. So 
uh, kudos to the NCR for trying to do this. I think there's plenty of people out there in the college rugby space that want to help. They just need the help, the guidance, the resources to do it. I think NCR is the perfect conference to uh, facilitate that. I'm excited to see what happens. But we got some big storylines so far that we want to talk about early in the season. And Colby, this one you could start to kick us off with here, but this is one that struck you, I think, this weekend and, and struck all of us from, from watching these first two games. For Penn State, what is going on on the men's side of things? What the heck, Colby? How are they 0-2 at this point already? What is happening uh, for the Nittany Lions? Yeah, Zach, you so we were talking about the playoffs a little bit before. It's like some of these teams better get it together if, we, uh, if they want us to be talking about them. Uh, come around that time and Penn State I think is one of those teams right now sitting at 0-2 it's very surprising to see a Justin Hundley led team at 0-2 not used to seeing it used to seeing them start off strong being one of the more dominant teams around but they've gotten off to a slow start and you know it's not going to get any easier they got cut or they just had cuts down lost by a couple of couple of scores and now they have Mount St. Mary's coming up and then they got to go and play Army and Navy so doesn't get any easier for Penn State. However, with this home match against Mount St. Mary's, I think this is a game that they will win. Um, I know we're going to get into our locking in picks later, but, you know, right now, Penn State, they're 0-2. You got to win at home. You can't be 0-3 going into um, games against Army and Navy. That's just something you can't can't have. And I think Justin Hundley's group are going to be ready to go in this game against Mount St. Mary's. But, um, yeah, very surprising to see them at 0-2. However, they have played talented opponents in Cutstown, and I forgot who they played in week one. But, it was it was Queens University of Charlotte, I mean, who are an up-and-coming right. side for sure. Uh, and, you know, you could say week one, fine. But that that's a team that Penn State should, should be beating at this point. I mean, they, you know, they yeah. just based off of the, the history of that program. I mean, Queens is – is a good team there. They played a really solid schedule so far, you know, and they are uh, playing well, but Penn state has to beat those kinds of schools. I, I can forgive a loss to Kutztown. Um, You know, I think Kutztown is definitely a strong side, but uh, for Penn state to, to lose week one to Queens really sets you back. What I will say is at least they're not getting blown out, right? They're only losing by a few tries. I uh, lost by 17 to Queens and lost by 14 to, uh, to Kutztown. So that's one thing, you know, it's early in the year. Maybe they're just, you know, getting the cobwebs out. So I, I feel like it'd be one thing if they were getting blown out in these games, but they're not. So I wouldn't necessarily hit the panic button yet with Penn State, but they are trending towards that red zone. Where it's like, come on, guys, what's, what's going on here? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that, that like you said, Colby, that Mount St. Mary's game this weekend is a must, must win. Uh, for Penn State, because there is a scenario here, even, you know, even if they win that game, they end up one in one in five at, you know, that's after lo- if they lose to Navy Army and St. Bonaventure, who are their next three games after Mount St. Mary's. That's a that's a really tough. That's a really tough start to the season to to start one and five. So, you know, and if they lose that game to Mount St. Mary's, I, I mean, that's, you know, who knows at that point. Um, but, you know, Josh, what are your what are your thoughts here on this uh, Penn State's side struggling early? I, I mean, for one thing. It's in, when you compare to other teams in the country right now, the teams that people are playing, Penn State's definitely playing the toughest schedule. So, you know, I see NCR giving them a little bit of slack there. Even if they come out of this, you got to win one game of these next, you know, of these, you got to win this Mount St. Mary's game. And hopefully against Navy, our army or St. Bonaventure, you're able to take one of those games. 
Um, I really only seeing St. Bonaventure being the one that that happens possibly, but um, I still see NCR giving them plenty of opportunity to maybe come in as an at-large, even if they end up, you know, leading to a really tough schedule or leading to a tough record at the end of the year, because there are going to be slots for that in the playoffs that I, I see a team like Penn state really getting. And it's one of those situations where if you lose, you got to make it close. Like you can't get blown out. You know, yeah. the score lines are going to matter at this point now for them too. And how much, how much would you hate being a team in that playoff and getting Penn state as an at large, <laughs> you know, like you've fought, you made it, you've had a great season. And then all of a sudden you get one of the most historic rugby programs in the nation uh, as like a random at large. I mean, I think that's, that's probably how they look at it too. You know, is like, they're going to be in the postseason. So take these early weeks to get yourself right. Um, even if you lose the games you're losing, uh, you know, as long as you're, like you said, Colby, you're progressing and you know, you're in these games. Um, but it's just, I don't know. It's odd to me guys. Like for my, at least in my experience growing up, Penn state was always like the school on the East coast. I guess you had Cal that was like every best, the best rugby players in the States go to Cal, you know, and then Penn state was that like, I, I played with a guy, at St. Peter's who, you know, he was a couple years older than me, but he was really good. And he ended up going to Penn state. And I was like, Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Like, he, you know, Penn state, like he wants to play rugby. He's really good at it. He should go to Penn state. I don't think that's they're that destination anymore. I mean, I'd love to hear from you guys on this too, but like, it doesn't seem to me like they, they have that same aura about them or that kind of, you know, you have to go to Penn state if you want to be uh, uh, you know, a, a rugby player, especially on the East coast here for East coast, like high school students. Uh, does, did you guys feel that at all? Well, I, I think Josh brings up a great point in this regard in that I don't know who else is playing the schedule that they're playing. Like, it's actually insane when you look at their first six games or their first five games, Cutstown, Queens, Navy, Army, St. Bonaventure. Like, who else is no one. doing that? Yeah. And I don't know who else is on their schedule at the moment, but to me, that's a little unfair to have to but have I mean- that schedule. What I'm saying, like five, five, yeah. ten years ago, would we think that? I mean, they sh- they could play the schedule, and we would just assume that they would beat Kutztown, Queens, St. Bonaventure, Navy, Army without a without a fight, you know. So I'm saying, where when did all those other programs catch up? You know, what happened to Penn State in that in that time frame that has made them? They're just they're human now, you know. They're part of they're part of everybody else, and they struggle like everyone else. I think. I think what you're looking at now in a sense is you're, you, you have such an international influence now of players that are coming and schools like Penn state, you know, these big schools, it's harder for them to shell out dollars to let these international students come and get, you know, scholarships or tuition discounts where, you know, other schools are throwing money at these people like nothing. I mean, look at Lindenwood, who's, you know, bringing a team, has a squad of what, like 70 people throughout their program of how many of those people are coming from international, you know, international backgrounds are brought here through, you know, some company overseas that is helping people connect them with U.S. colleges now. Schools like Penn State, they're not going to get that. I mean, I get it that they were the powerhouse. They're still a club sport, you know, on their campus. And those resources are limited when you're talking about a brand like the Nittany Lions. Yeah, it's very true. I I think, uh, It'd be interesting to see how that, you know, what they decide to do going forward, if they're happy with the way things are. I mean, they're always competitive. I but I think you're they're they're out of that top tier programs for me. Like I don't think they would hang with a Lindenwood or a life, you know, on, on the pitch at all. Um so I, I don't know. We'll see how this season ends for them. Uh, but some some soul searching to do. Uh a, a team that has kind of surprisingly 
joined the upper echelon recently, guys. And this kind of goes back to what you were saying, Josh, about Penn State being a club team. But Navy, in their first season as a varsity program, dominant so far, uh, 2-0. and They beat the aforementioned Mount St. Mary's 59-12 to last week. Are they the early favorites in, in this division? I mean, you still obviously you still have Army. You have St. Bonaventure who won it last year. But Navy have looked unstoppable to me early in this season. Yeah, I mean, I, I I definitely see both the service academies, you know, coming out and being strong favorites early on. I do laugh that Navy in their first year of being a varsity program. I mean, everyone that goes there is paid via tax dollars, so it's like it's like. There's well, no, I guess Josh, fine if you want to be, you know, accurate about it. <laughs> but uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but uh, um, no, I mean, I think Navy last year had a team that could have won it but almost played the schedule like Penn State's playing now where they played all of these super super tough games and it was really really it beat up on a lot of those Navy guys this year I I see them returning a big group of their squad and having a chance to really maybe do what Army did last year and kind of run the slate and you know get out and just kind of put themselves in the dominant position come playoff time which I think is going to be huge when you're talking about the fact that we may run into a situation where one of the best teams is going to play an amazing at-large team and get upset in the first or second round. So kudos to Navy. I think I think you are right. They, they definitely could be a favorite. And they have leadership. You know, they're led by senior fly half and Lewis Gray, who scored four tries in their most recent win against Mount St. Mary. So they're going to be a team. You know they're going to be big. You know they're going to be physical each and every year. And they have the leadership this year. To really, I think that might set them apart from from their peers at this point. Yeah, I I, I like that. The continuity is nice. Uh, I mean, looking at their schedule right now, too, they kind of did the opposite Penn State schedule. You know, they kind of opened up with a bit of a softer slate. Uh, the Citadel, who are usually pretty good, but, you know, they, they beat them 88 to nothing. Southern Virginia, uh, Mount St. Mary's. Then they have Mary Washington, which I think might be a good game. Uh, I like what Mary Washington does every year. Um, they have Penn State on October 8th, which is definitely a game to circle on the calendar for everybody for sure, because that'll really be their, their first, like, I would say, test, depending on on how Penn State, you know, plays the rest of their slate here. But they end the season with Kutztown on October 29th, Army November 5th, and then St. Bonaventure November 12th. So that is a deadly stretch, right gearing right up for playoffs, and that could really go a long way. Uh, to determine whether or not Navy Navy is for real here, um, but I like them, I like them a lot to to make some noise here going forward. Uh, I'm really excited that we have another kind of you know contender uh, added to the bunch here. Um, but uh, speaking of contenders, or maybe you know not so uh, or surprise contenders at least even. Uh, I think you're going to say pretenders. I, no, like, pretend- wow. I don't know. I won't go that far yet. It's one game into the season uh, for your Iona Gales, Colby, who. Had a bit of a, a hiccup in their their second game of the of the season. Actually, excuse me against uh, against Fairfield this weekend. What's going on, Colby? So, oh, I'll tell you what's going on. But also, did you guys know that John Thompson, John Thompson the third son, plays for Penn State? I did not know that. Mm-mm. Yeah, John Thompson the third son, who coached Georgetown. So the kid's name is JT John Thompson, and he he's one of their best players. He's a hooker, and Austin Ryan told me that he's pretty much the blood, the bloodline of the team. So how they go is dependent on what he's doing, and so he's a huge 
uh, huge player in the squad. And um, plays for Fairfield or he plays for Penn State? He plays for Fairfield. Fairfield, okay. Yeah, uh. he plays for Fairfield. And uh, they gave it to Iona on Saturday. What can I say? He, uh, Austin Ryan, he was on to something. He told me that his boys were going to be ready to go, that this was something that was brewing in the brewing for a while now. Um, you know, they're eyeing Iona. I could hear it in his voice. And they gave it to him. I mean, 41 to 20, that's not even close. You know, I think the Gales were up in the first half, but it wasn't really a comfortable lead. And then Fairfield just scored 24 unanswered points in the second half to blow them wow. out of the water. But um, I'm I'm not surprised. I knew they were going to give them a fight. Maybe Iona wasn't – I have a feeling Iona underestimated them a little bit because they've never – Fairfield has never beaten Iona in the Liberty Conference era, I believe. So they definitely figured, oh, yeah, this is just going to be another – cakewalk at Mozilla Field against Fairfield, but no, like this Fairfield team is for real. This Fairfield team is experienced, they're physical, they're big, and they're hungry. They've been, I think, ignored by the college rugby landscape for a while now, and they're pissed off, and they're playing with an edge, and that's scary, you know? So I don't think this is the last we'll hear of them for the rest of the season. Like, they're going to make some noise. And uh, especially with the seniors that they have, they're going to want to go out with a bang. We'll go a uh, very sportsy question here, Colby, for you and Josh, you can answer too. But is this a bigger win for Fairfield or a bigger loss for Iona? Who, you know, wh- wh- where are you taking more away from this, this game? Definitely a bigger win for Fairfield. I think if you're Iona, this is a wake-up call. But if you're Fairfield, this is a team that Iona is a team that you haven't beaten in uh recent history in the in the Liberty Conference era, like I said. So I think for them it was taking the next step in their development for Iona, it's a wake-up call. And and so it's not it's week three. You don't hit the panic button if you're the Gales, but you figure out, okay, why did this happen? And you make you make adjustments. I think Iona they're still not at a hundred percent. You know, Jerry Landing, he came off the bench in that game. And Billy Hafoy uh, was coming back off of an injury as well. So I think they're still trying to get back to 100%. So I, I would say it's yeah. this is a bigger, definitely a bigger win for Fairfield and means more to them than the loss means to Iona. And Gales played a lot of physical rugby at the end of last season, that sevens tournament. Um, I think, you know, we forget about that sometime, that nice run they had uh, at the end of the year and a lot of, you know, uh, a lot of very physical teams they play, but Josh, give us an unbiased opinion on this. Uh, obviously, you know, the outsider looking uh, in bigger, bigger win for Fairfield or bigger loss for Iona. Definitely. I, I have to agree with Colby. It's a bigger win for Fairfield, Fairfield. Anytime you get your first win over someone, you know, there's a lot of heart and soul that goes into that. Um, so I, I don't see this being a problem for Iona. Um, it, we're still early in the season. It's definitely a problem. But... <laughs> oh, it's a oh, problem. Okay. <laughs> You could lose a game. Hey, I, I, I mean, I, I, you know, I've seen plenty of teams, especially as we get later in the year, where, you know, you may be playing a team in the regular season, then have to see them right away in the playoffs. A loss to a team, like you said, Colby, is such a huge wake up call that I can totally see Iona coming, you know, coming into their next game and really just, you know, putting, put, kind of playing their normal game and maybe starting to dominate teams again. Um, losses like this, especially losses against teams that you don't normally lose against really can just 
be a great thing for your team in the end. It's hard to say that's the truth, but I see Iona based on what we learned in in New Orleans when we watched them. They're such a cohesive group. They work so well together. They pick each other up every time that they you know made a mistake. I I totally see this team being capable of recovering from this loss and doing something special in the Liberty Conference. But that's the that's the thing, Josh. You said getting back to who they are. I don't know if we know who this team is. Like you talked about Memphis, that's sevens. That that's a different game. You know, they look True. great. They have a lot of the same players in, in the team now. But it, this is 15th. And based on their last two games against Fordham and against uh who did they play before Fordham? I think that was their opening game, was Fordham. Oh, they had a preseason game against UMass, even in the preseason game against UMass. Like they didn't win those games. Assuringly, like the Fordham scoreline was 40 to 7, but Fordham was up early in that game and had us on the back foot, right? What were they up? And, seven and so they were up seven nothing in that in that game. In the first Damn. half. <laughs> they had us on the back foot with possession. You sound like Cal. My, my point is my point is the Siona team has not definitely has not played up to their potential. And we really at this point, after this loss to Fairfield don't know who they are because they haven't they haven't given us this consistency or uh, I guess they haven't played the, their game yet it seems you know I am fairfield all the way here because I they have really cool stuff and I want like some stuff with the stag logo sent to me so Austin Ryan if you're listening I am fully backing fairfield this season uh I also it's kind of Crazy, sounds crazy, but I had two cousins who played rugby at Fairfield as well. Rob and my cousin Barbara played. Uh, so I have cousins in all over the rugby space, it seems. But too many cousins. I, go, go Fairfield, man. I am. Right. I pick them to win every game now going forward. Uh, so send are, are any a, cool stuff are, to me, guys. Are you a proud member of the Friends of Fairfield? No, I should be, though. I will, I'm going to join right now during this podcast because I just got to – I need to start getting some stuff. Like Colby gets all the cool swag. So I'm going to plant my flag and at Fairfield now and I send me anything you got and I'll wear it on the show. I'll, I'll do a, I'll pull a Matt McCarthy. Um, but a couple other interesting Liberty conference scores outside of that guys. I mean, it, it's going to tough. It's kind of tough to tell who's going to be the the team this year in that conference. Uh, Dartmouth, who I think were obviously a very strong team last year, uh, almost lost to a Nazareth side that I think we all like a lot, but they beat them 26, 21. So still a win, obviously, but kind of closer than you might expect from that Dartmouth side. Uh, and Brown absolutely blew the doors off of Harvard 59, nothing. So I guess Brown at this point would be the, the team to watch uh, in the early goings here for the Liberty conference. Um, unless you guys have other thoughts on that. It's early. It's yeah. early. I, yeah. I don't know. I mean, but um, I, I think in general, you, you look at, all the conferences you look at the liberty conference it's really it really is anyone's game this is not this is this is going to be a different year in college rugby i think because again going back to recruiting that so many different teams have different situations of what they can bring in so um i think we need to see some more of these cross matchup games before we we start making these bold predictions um but i mean yeah it's a that's a great win by brown that's for sure i i i will say i think Fairfield's win over Iona catapults them to the top of the Liberty. Yeah. Top of the You're Liberty stealing my bit. You can't moment. have them send you swag now. That's my thing. I'm Fairfield. Take them. Take them. I, I, <laughs> listen, I, don't, I, I can't believe I'm more I, ambitious about Iona than Colby. I, I can go without seeing Fairfield for quite some time now after what they did to my school. So I'm Colby's good. down bad after this. Sorry, game. Austin, but I'm good. <laughs> 
I didn't. Uh, I didn't wish you. I didn't wish him congratulations. You know, <laughs> oh, cold. That's cold. Hurt man. my feelings, but <laughs> <laughs> we got to get. Do you guys see Eli Manning uh, suit up as like Chad Powers for to try out for Penn State football? The other day he ran a five four or something. It was 40. that's pretty slow. I think it was slower than that even. But oh, we got to get Colby. Gosh. We got to get Colby to suit up, try out for Iona, try to make the squad. It's <laughs> a makeup on me. Yeah, I'll give you give you like a, a big like beard or something. That'll be great. Um, wow. But let's uh, let's move on. I, I, Josh, we can we got to dip our toe into the Big Ten here a little bit. You're our, our you know resident Big Ten expert here. We'll take a look. I'm ready. I, I, this is all. We're all, it's kind of wide open here. I mean, I'm looking at some of these scores from the weekend. Uh, Notre Dame seemingly getting back on track, beating up on Michigan forty to nothing. Uh, for me, here's my main. Thought so far in the Big Ten, Indiana is probably the best team, uh, but I I like where Ohio State is at at this point as well. Ohio State beating Illinois seventy one to nineteen. I think they've had a really strong start to the season. Uh, but you know, Josh, take us away, try and break this down for us. Uh, explain what's happening in, in this conference so far. Well, it started off nicely. Michigan looks really, really bad. I mean that <laughs> nicely. This is yeah. it's just it's starting off the season. It's not looking that good. Um, that I don't think we're going to have this Iona they need to find themselves. I think they found themselves right now and it's just not looking <laughs> that good at the moment. <laughs> that might be uh that might be my biased opinion here, but uh you know, they 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 got some work to do over there. Illinois um Ohio State, I can't I cannot make a prediction about them until they play Indiana. Right until they play Indiana, until yeah. they play Davenport later in the season. Until then, yes, they're probably gonna they're gonna stomp through most of their games. They're gonna they're gonna dominate teams. They just have such a massive group, a massive pack that other teams aren't able to you know compete on that level. Um, we'll see what happens there. I mean, for Indiana, right? Who just played Davenport? The Mid South is still, in my opinion, the premier rugby conference in the U.S. You're not yep. gonna find a a tougher slate of teams that have to play each other in previous years had to play each other twice home and away. So, you know, Davenport right now is, is doing their best to, you know, set up these hard games. It's a good game against Indiana, but um, is that, is it comparable to say a Davenport now is the same as a Davenport at the end of the year after they've been beat up by, you know, Lindenwood and life. So this is when um, they're hopeful. This is when they had, they're like ready to go. They're all excited about the new season. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's, it's it's good. It's it's like Alabama playing some small school, giving them a million dollars to come in. You know, I mean, Indiana's right. not that. But um, outside of that, then you have Michigan State, who you know, I'm I'm proud of them. They're two and zero since they lost against Adrian. But Wisconsin's a program that is another school that's really struggled in the recruiting area because it's you have a lot more schools in that area that are starting to take up college rugby. Um, it and Wisconsin's also a perfect example of how quick it is for if you don't have the right leadership around your team, you know, you don't have the right support, how quick your team can really fall out of that competition. It was only like three, four years ago that Wisconsin was competing for the big 10 title. So, you know, they, they got some work to do on their end, but in the end, you are totally right. It's probably Ohio state and Indiana's game, but Indiana at the end of the day understands that the season's long. They understand that they have a chance in the 15 side and NCR. And they also understand that, you know, if not 15s, they have a chance in the seven side. So I'd, it's hard to say, but I still see Ohio State maybe coming out and getting a repeat at the end of the year. It'd be interesting to see, Colby, any uh, any thoughts on the Big Ten here in this week's slate of games? 
Go Hoosiers. <laughs> I'm rooting for Indiana in that in that region. Oh, boy. after after they, what they, they did to Iona I, on their Iona's home soil, home uh, turf last I'm, year. I'm over that. I'm over yeah. that. I'm over that. <laughs> He's now mad at Fairfield. I've grown past that with the head coach. He's a super cool guy. I caught up with him at the uh, CRCs and uh, over the summer. So I'm I'm back in those guys. He also gave me some nice merch. That's a way to our hearts, everybody. Uh, I do. Before we move on, I want to point out um, that Colby added an apostrophe for me in our show doc here and corrected my grammar mid show uh, in a document that never sees a light of day. So thank you for that, Colby. Uh, my English <laughs> professors at Holy Cross will be very upset with me. Um, but I thought I, I thought I was safe, but nowhere safe, apparently, uh, for for making. <laughs> now you can't delete it now. Um, but a couple other. Uh, Couple other big scores that I think might be important. See if you guys have any thoughts on it. Uh, Wheeling, who we love in the Big Rivers Conference, crushed Aquinas fifty-five to twenty-four. Um, and then this is like for me, this is a good one. Like you're looking out on the horizon and you see like this this something looming. You know it's huge and like it's scary and it's coming right at you. BYU beating Air Force one hundred and fourteen to thirteen this this weekend is like BYU is is here and they are always a solid program and they're just letting everybody know that early in the fall here. Uh, so any thoughts on either of those scores from you guys? BYU is the Georgia football of the college rugby regular season <laughs> every year. It's like yeah. I, I don't get how you have fun putting up eighty plus a hundred points on every single team you play in the regular season. I mean, they but, literally beat them by a hundred points. That's, yeah. that's it's and they did that crazy. all last year. They they allowed two tries last year in the regular <laughs> season. Like, right, right. They got that dog in them over there in BYU, man. That's something in the water. Uh, they they are very good on both the men's and women's side. That their BYU yeah. programs are always solid. Got that dog in them. Uh, so let's let's chat briefly. I do want to get into some women's stuff too. There weren't as many games on the women's side, so we do have a few we want to talk about. Uh, but before we get into that. I want to talk some early season rankings with you guys on the men's side. So we've seen a lot of the top teams in action. Some of them have not played at all, uh, you know, and we, we're going to do a weird combo here because it's tough to rank these programs uh, and kudos to Alex Goff for trying to attempt this every year, every week. Uh, he has his own kind of system. He's built over many years of, of covering the game, but we, you know, we know the difficulties because uh, there are a lot of teams that are NCR and there are teams that are D1A and there are teams that don't play in the fall and there are teams that don't play each other ever. Uh, so it's really difficult to kind of quantify how all those teams fit together without seeing them head to head or at least play similar competition. Uh, but golf gives it a shot every every week. Uh, and then the NCR has their own kind of coaches poll rankings that they'll put out, but they only rank. NCR team. So like you're, you're missing some of the top schools from that, from those rankings as well. Uh, but guys, I want to kind of, we'll talk through some of the, the top programs in these rankings here. We can, we can kind of go through um, and see if we disagree with, with any of these. I mean, I think Goff did a good job. Uh, you have army at number one, you know, they, they haven't lost yet this fall and they were the reigning champs um, slotting in below them, Lindenwood and life who have not, played a, a game yet, you know, at least a, a competitive 15s game, but they're always obviously, you know, top programs. Uh, BYU at number four, who we just said are our beasts. Uh, and then Navy slotting in at number five. I guess we could start there, guys. I mean, is that is that where we see Navy at this point on the college rugby landscape in, a, in at number five there? I'd probably rank them above BYU just based on who wow. they've beaten so far compared to who BYU has beaten. 
at this point. So I'd probably switch the four and five slots with BYU and Navy. Josh, would you uh, bump BYU down? No, no, I'd keep them right there. If we're if we're if we're talking just fall teams, they're staying right where they're at at four. That's yeah. A, um, but why know. do you say why do you say that? Because I feel like Mount St. Mary's is better than Air Force. Mount St. Mary's is is better than Air Force, yes. But I I think if we had to think these rankings, the only the only the only thing about it is thinking if we started the playoffs today, who's going to win that game? I think BYU is going to win that game right now. Really? Um, between between Navy, I I keep them at four. I think they are a top four team in the country. And if you're not taking into account Cal or St. Mary's or these other teams out west, the really the best of the West. So. I think it's already impressive for Navy to be at five, you know, after kind of one, only a few, one season of really competing at this level. Uh, so, I mean, I, yeah, I like them at five. I think it will be a close game against BYU, but I probably decided with Josh on that. I think that BYU wins that one um, if they were to meet today. Um, but, why? you know, that's the top uh, five. Wanna, and, and that's a, why I just I think BYU know. is a, is a better program. They they've done it more consistently. I think Navy has, good athletes, but I think BYU is just better uh, strategic. I think they have that, you know, their, their defense is stifling, obviously. And I think they just, you know, they wouldn't let Navy get anything going uh, offensively. I think Navy does rely on, you know, sometimes having superior athletes, which they wouldn't have in a matchup against BYU. I, I think BYU just has a better rugby rugby sense. That's, that's my thought. But again, I haven't seen him play. So can I make a suggestion? And this is yeah. never going to happen, but you know, if Alex Goff is listening, I, <laughs> You cannot make the top 25 in college rugby when half the teams are playing and half the teams are not. What we should be doing is every game should just be calculated. If you beat a team, we're going to calculate it based on whatever criteria we want to set at the beginning of the year, and they're going to get points added. And at the end of the year is when we're really going to look at this. But it means nothing right now to look at this and say, I mean, to go to your point, Colby, it doesn't mean anything that Navy is below BYU right now because probably by the end of the year, if it came down to it and Navy and BYU had to play each other, you know, Navy would have been much more battle tested than BYU and they probably would do better and they probably would win. But I just, I hate every year. We always see these, uh, we see these rankings. It's like, well, you know, I think, we, I think this is how it works, but <laughs> I, don't know. I, point. I don't know. I, 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 I'm glad he does it. I think it's interesting. You know, it, it's, it's important for the game as a whole, I think to be able to contextualize this stuff, you know, I think he does a good job of, taking into account like obviously Lindenwood in life they don't have to step on the pitch to we know that they're they're top five in the country you know it doesn't matter that many games yeah, like Navy they're, plays they're they're just that right. they're just good yeah. Um, yeah like those are two exceptions you know to where it's like okay like we could put them in the like that, that, that that's yeah. fine like I don't have a problem with golf doing that and he usually he he's even changed it up this year because he'll usually throw Cal and St. Mary's on there as well but he's just limited it to fall 15s program. So like Cal and Tim Mary's, I don't think play any 15s in the fall, whereas Lindenwood and life will play an occasional, you know, uh, NCR or like, you know, East coast fall team. Um, I think so the, even there's sometimes it's even worse where you have the top five or teams that don't step onto the field ever. Um, so I, I just think it's, it's, it's nice to see. Cause I, everything else, like then you get out of the top five, you know, let's throw out all the teams that aren't playing right now or West coast teams Davenport, Kutztown, Queens, St. Bonaventure, and then Ohio State rounding out the top 10. Uh, I mean, that's interesting to talk about there. I, I don't know. I guess Davenport, I would I would have ahead of uh, Kutztown for beating Indiana. I like Kutztown where they're at. 
Um, and then, I mean, I'm shocked they have Ohio, he has Ohio State over Indiana at this point, Josh. So, I mean, what what are your thoughts on the end of the top ten here? Ohio State's your Big Ten champion, so until you have some sort of comparable game that you can compare them against, Ohio State has to be above Indiana. Yeah, if we're going off of these rankings. So, and then, I mean, St. Bonaventure, the champions last year, uh, you know, on the NCR side of things, below Kutztown and Queens at this point, and maybe. And Navy, which is weird. Or, that one's weird. Oh no, that's NCR. Yeah, that I'm I'm shocked at that. I mean, I guess St. Bonaventure hasn't played anybody yet. Did graduate a lot of people too, right? They did. They lost. They lost a solid, solid uh, group. Yeah, yeah. Um, Goff's well, a I mean, smart they, guy. He, yeah, he 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 he's got some he's got some good thoughts behind this. I know it's just it's so hard to predict. And it's just interesting to me too because you look at the NCR coaches poll and they have St. Bonaventure at number one out of their top twenty teams. Um, and, but they have so they have their top ten. We'll run through it's it's the Bonnies and then they have Brown at two, over Kutztown at three, which I think is interesting. Uh, Queens at four, which I like. Iowa Central, who we don't talk about that often, but are, are pretty strong at number five. Uh, and then Dartmouth at in, and Indiana at six and seven. Uh, AIC. Uh, Fairfield cracked the top nine or top 10. They're at nine Fairfield are our favorite stags. And then Thomas Moore at 10. Um, I mean, that to me seems right. Uh, although I don't know if I would have Brown over Kutztown at this point, but who knows what stood out to me in that ranking list was the fact that Iona was still, I think 15 in, in that. Yeah, somehow, but they hang, they hung on Colby. I was a good team, Colby. <laughs> Come Colby on. has gone full. They haven't given us any indication of that up to this point, Josh. <laughs> to this point, they haven't given us any indication that they're a good team. Wow. So until further notice, um, <laughs> they're not among the upper. I yeah, because I mean, look, the top 15. They're ahead of Nazareth. They're ahead of Adrian, who has had a really good season so far. So I don't know, Colby, right. Maybe they have 14 is a little generous uh, for, for the Gales, but they're. They're still, you know, coasting on on some of their uh, resume from the previous season, probably. Got a lot of work to do, but we'll get it done. <laughs> wheeling, wheeling at twelve for in the top twenty coaches poll for uh, D one NCR two. Keep an eye on them moving up the rankings here. Uh, I like I like what they're doing a lot over there. Um, I think wheeling, uh, any wheeling is definitely going to be the team that I think a lot of people are sleeping on. Um, that that program is really coming back so strong. And I see them making a big impact this year, especially. We are wide awake on wheeling on this podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so if we get full credit uh, when they when they fulfill the the promise that we have uh, that we've made on their behalf here. Um, uh, but let's I guess let's pivot here into the women's side of things as well. We can start uh, with the top 10 coaches poll for NCR on the women's side. Uh, golf, I don't believe ranks the, the women's programs, uh, it's possible. I don't know. I haven't looked, but, um, we can start with just the NCR coaches poll again, just the top 10 here. Uh, not a lot of games being played on, on that side of things, but as it stands right now, kind of similar to what we started the season, Notre Dame college at number one, Northern Iowa at number two, uh, Michigan, who seemed to be having great season, you know, as, as the opposite of their men's side going, they're, they're actually playing pretty well so far this year. Uh, Colgate at four and then Notre Dame University round out the top five. Um, that's it's, That seems pretty chalk to me. Again, you're not taking into account any of those D1 elite teams, Life, Lindenwood, uh, Penn State, or uh, Central Washington. 
you know, no BYU on here, obviously. Uh, none of the Naira programs either. So, you know, we could talk, we'll talk about those scores later, but the Dartmouth, the Browns, the Harvards, uh, you know, Quinnipiac, they're not on here either. Uh, but for, so for me, excluding all of those teams outside of this, it seems like a pretty chalk uh, top 10. You guys have any thoughts on that? Excluding the best teams in the country. <laughs> this is the best 10 teams in the country. <laughs> it's tough. You're right. I, I get it's really hard to do this. I don't, you know, I, I don't envy any of these. Uh, although coaches poll is probably a good way to do it, but um, it's tough. It really is. Really excited for that Life Linwood championship one day. You know, it's, <laughs> it's going to be fantastic. You never know. Stop doing that. Let's give some of these other teams some. I believe them. I believe, you know what? I believe. Nor if there's a team out of this top ten that I love a lot, it's Northern Iowa, and I think Northern Iowa um, could totally could totally run the slate and have a great season. Um, Clemson, another great one. I feel like they're a little bit low on the at being a ten, and you are totally right. Michigan women's team for years they've been a really solid program. Um, I think now with the schedule and the structure of NCR, they totally have a chance to 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 take home a title. So. You're, you're we'll ask you right. tough journalist question here, Josh. Is that why you exclude them from the battle for the mid? Because you don't want Michigan State to lose. <laughs> is <laughs> I, that what it is? I I would love to have women at the battle for the men. I I think if, if I'm being honest, I think a women's game would bring more of a crowd than a men's game. Wow. Okay. Not the answer I expected, but there you go. Michigan, why, Michigan why State is, women's program. Get on it. Why do you say that, Josh? It, especially if I it, I mean most of my experience is from Michigan and Michigan State women's. Their alumni, the support, and just the kind of friendships that they build last through years and years of, of classes. And it's it's amazing to me when you look at these women's teams a lot of times, and you'll see, you know, someone from the class of 2010, pretty much best friends was, you know, people that just graduated. So the fact that they're able to do such a good job of keeping their alumni connected, maybe not every school, but at least the schools that I've seen, I would love, I would love to put Michigan, Michigan State under the lights at Battle for the Mitten for the women's team. Um, it hasn't there happened yet, but it, it will eventually. Someday. Let's see. Yeah, let's see it happen. Future years. Uh, looking forward to that. Everyone tune into that game as well. The end of October, uh, the men's game will be very good as well. Uh, Josh, but Josh will be in the booth. I will. Josh, I will. He will. I, as I'll will, be up uh, there. Yeah. You'll, you'll be, be hanging some, out. You'll be somewhere. I'll be somewhere. <laughs> Uh, I will stake my flag in this before we move forward. Uh, Iowa at number six. Um, I know you like Northern Iowa, Josh, but I am saying right now that Iowa uh, is going to be a top three team by the end of the season. They'll move up from number six. I like I like their program a lot. I think they had a lot of younger players last year, and they had a very strong showing uh, in some of the end of the year tournaments. Um, I think they have a they have a good chance of uh, making a run here this season. So keep an eye on Iowa. An eye on Iowa. Um, but guys, let's uh, move out of NCR and chat Naira, uh, National Intercollegiate Rugby Association. These are varsity women's programs, uh, so these are probably a tier above in some cases, or you know at least they're getting support from their institutions. Um, and th- for me, the the game that stood out that I want to talk about first here, a uh, friend of the pod, Coach Roz, getting her first win at Brown. Uh, she beat uh, up on my uh, my Princeton Tigers, eighty three to nothing. Uh, to bring Brown to one, one, and one in the season, they had that tie last week. Um, uh, Princeton, unfortunately, zero and three. But uh, Brown guys, they're doing it. They're they're getting back on track here. It's only a matter of time. Yeah, definitely. I think 
Princeton are a team that are kind of reeling at the moment. Brown was able to take advantage, but they, they were supposed to do to care of business. One, 81, 83 to nothing, got the nice little shutout. On, I, I don't know why I said little. Got the nice shutout. <laughs> the large, the very large shutout. Large shutout. <laughs> listen, listen, Noel Lewis on Brown. What a performance. Four tries in that game for the junior back player. I mean, she tore Princeton to shreds, and I think it's definitely going to be a player to watch moving forward for them. And congrats to Coach Roz. On getting that, that first win, that's uh, kudos to Coach Ross. Is that a golden sombrero? Is that what you call that? What is four tries? Huh, that's a good question. I think it. I think it is some kind of uh, our golden sombrero I, I player so. of the week, Noel Lewis. <laughs> you guys, we, we'll just we can just make that a thing now. The golden sombrero. Well, that I think that originated from striking out four times in baseball. Oh, so that's all the gold something you want to avoid. It's mm. not something you want to gloat about having. Uh, but what is, what is it in soccer? This is a great it's not, podcasting. It's not guys. called anything. It's soccer. called the it's it's called a gold scoring goal scoring hall. <laughs> I don't think that's it. I don't. That I don't know. It. We'll that come is, up with something. That is not it. We can call it a. We can call it a, a Lewis or a Noel since he's Noel. the first person on our show to have done it. We'll call it a Noel. All right, you get it. She got the Noel this week. Couple of a uh, couple of other interesting scores around Naira, Dartmouth first game back in action on the women's side. They're obviously reigning champs. Uh, they were had a very strong season last year. Uh, without Emily Henrich, who played uh, really well for them last year, got some time with the USA as well. Uh, played for Beantown for a bit also in the. I believe after that, so she's moved on. Uh, but one and zero, they got the win over Sacred Heart, twenty nine to three. Probably a little closer than you you would like to see, but they have a lot of talent on there. Adia uh, Hensakin, who was last year's uh, award winner, M.A. Sorensen award winner, still on that squad. Um, you have uh, Kristen Bitter, who's still there, uh, so they they looked pretty good. Uh, Harvard two and zero, blew out Mount Saint Mary's, ninety five to seven. Probably the matchup of the week for me, though. Uh, Army versus Quinnipiac. So Quinnipiac, the team that beat Brown in the first week of the season, they looked very strong. Um, and Army, you know, always a, a perennial contender in Naira. Uh, they just got by 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 one score. They just beat Quinnipiac 24 to 19. So Army 3 0 to start the year. Uh, but Quinnipiac 1 and 2 at this point, but a very strong showing so far. They lost to Harvard last week as well. So they played. Uh, two of the top teams in this division uh, and played pretty close games in both of them. So I, I like where Quinnipiac is at, uh, but Army also just proving that they're still still a force to be reckoned with. Uh, so any thoughts uh, from you guys on, on these scores here around Naira? Josh, you got anything? Go Army. Go Army. All right, Colby, any thoughts? Look out for Quinnipiac. That, that's a nice little result. I keep saying little. That's a nice result they got against Army. <laughs> yeah. So no, they're going to be a side to watch. I, I they've, they've surprised me this year. Um, I, I think uh, they're definitely showing a lot of improvement. So I'm looking forward to to where their journey takes them. Um, we'll do some. Uh, we'll touch on this just pretty briefly. Uh, on the women's side, Penn State as well struggling a bit. They are they have one win on the year so far. They're one and one, uh, but they did lose to Queens University this weekend as well. I believe 41-19. Uh, so you know they are one of those D1 elite squads they play the the top tier teams um so you don't you know don't like to see them lose any games when they're not playing kind of those those top tier programs but uh you guys have any thoughts on on 
you know, where they're at as a squad. Uh, I think they'll, I imagine they'll be in, in the postseason as well. Uh, probably be, be a threat, but again, you don't like to see them drop early games like this early. It's early in the year. I, 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 from what I've seen in the past, they are very much a healthy team to make the playoffs. So I don't, I don't, I don't see it being an issue losing. Missing uh podcast favorite, Natalie Bjorklin though, who also moved on. So probably a tough, <sighs> tough loss for them. She was fantastic at the end of the season last season. All right, guys. Well, let's uh, let's wrap it up. We've gone. Uh, we've got a lot of really good stuff in there. We'll do briefly uh, some games to watch coming up this weekend and where to watch them. Uh, do you guys want to kick us off? Do you have any games that you like uh, this week that you definitely want to walk watch? And then we'll do our picks as well. Uh, but Colby, give us any games you have on your radar to start. Yeah, brought it up earlier. The Penn State versus Mount St. Mary's game. It's going to be intriguing. Both teams need a victory. Both are going to be gunning for the points in this one. So that is going to take place on Friday, September 23rd at 5 p.m. Eastern time. Not sure if it'll be on ESPN plus or not. Hopefully it will. But um, yeah, that's going to be a, a, a really nice affair. Two teams, two talented teams, in my opinion, looking for uh, looking for a much needed victory. Yeah, definitely a must win for Penn State in that one. Uh, Josh, what's your game to watch this week? Um, Adrian and Marion, I think taking a look at a conference that is filled with school supported teams. Um, I think you're looking at a game that is, um, going to be a big test for Adrian, but one that, you know, I, I hope that they can, they can get going. The only other game I'll mention is Ohio state is going to be playing Bowling Green, which is, um, a, a good matchup. I think, you know, Bowling Green has dominated a lot of that, like D2, um, area. So, It'll be interesting to see how Bowling Green stacks up and if uh, they're able to you know, keep it close against Ohio State. Yeah, I got a couple games I like on the radar. Uh, first one on the men's side, Dartmouth versus AIC. I think AIC is always a uh, a threat. They have a lot of great athletes on that program. They got a great coach in T. Fletcher. Um, they always, you know, uh, contend. And I think Dartmouth is still figuring out who they are, you know, after having lost uh, Mike Weir last year, a couple other of the older players as well. Uh, and I And I noticed that, my man Jack Swords from Holy Cross is actually playing for Dartmouth this year. Uh, again, some of the, that extra eligibility over there in Dartmouth. So uh, I, I like that matchup to see, you know, if Dartmouth is for real again this year. Uh, on the women's side, also watch the Dartmouth team take on aforementioned Quinnipiac. I think that it's, you know, that'll be a good test for Quinnipiac, see where they're at. Uh, Dartmouth still kind of rounding into to form here. That game is on ESPN Plus uh, at 1 p.m. So you can watch that, you know, you could stream that if you have an ESPN Plus subscription. Um, but that that should be a good game uh, to watch for sure. Uh, and then I don't know why I have all the same teams in my games that I like here, but on the women's side also Davenport versus AIC uh, on, on Sunday, September 25th, I think is a, uh, a great game to watch as well. Uh, but guys, we'll get into our lock it up segment here. You guys started out strong. Uh, we missed last week. We didn't do it, but for week one, you guys both went one and zero, Josh, with your pick of Army over Kutztown uh, and Colby. You, when you were still a fan of the Iona Gales, you picked them to beat Fordham. Uh, you got that right. Uh, I had Brown, who I thought would you know bounce back after their tough tough week one loss under Coach Roz on the women's side. Uh, I thought they were beat up on Sacred Heart, but they actually tied that game for frustrating reasons. Uh, and so I don't know if you guys are going to give me a tie for that, or you want to count that as a, as an L for me. I don't know what the rules are of lock it up, but what what are your guys' thoughts on that? Can, can I just clear something up really quickly before I sure. get into this? 
Sure. I I did not watch Iona play against Fairfield. Okay. I listen. I I, I read the game recap. I know what happened. Right. I didn't watch them play. With that being said, are we playing our best rugby right now? In my opinion, no. <laughs> are we? <Amen>. Are we <laughs> a bad team? I don't I know. What did you do that. to Colby? Oh my god. <laughs> I wouldn't feel comfortable saying that because I haven't watched them consistently this season. Okay. That's fair. I believe them to be a, a pretty good team. A team that is not at the moment, in my opinion, playing up to their potential. That's fair. That as long whatever helps you sleep at night, Colby, you know, that's fine. However you can justify it to yourself, but uh, it is a long, long way to go here. Uh, but you know, do you, so you guys want to give me that L for Brown or, you know, should we yes. just, Okay, all right. You I can't have so. a tie in, in, in this. I thought so. I thought that would be the case. I thought maybe I could get by with it, but uh, I'll start out 0-1 here. Um, but I feel strong about my next pick. I'm going to get back on track here. I'm going to get back to 500. I'm picking Dartmouth men over AIC uh, for the lock it in victory here, lock it up victory. Uh, I think they are just a, a very, very good side. Uh, Well-coached, all-around uh, quality team. I think they beat AIC on the weekend, and they go to 2-0. So after all that talk about AIC, you're just going to go with Dartmouth. Okay. Yeah, because right. I like to pick games that are like, you know, are tough, uh, are close. I don't want to just – I could pick, you know, favorite, heavy favorites all the time. But where's the fun in that, you know? Whoa, whoa, whoa. All right, all right, all right. Fair yeah, enough. I could pick a historically great program like Penn State uh, to, <laughs> to win a game. But, Colby, what's your pick? Who do you have? You know, I'm going with AIC this week over Dartmouth. Oh wow, you're changing it up. Done. Okay. I'm changing my pick. Yeah. <laughs> this so is our first head to head lock it up. Fun. Yeah, we're gonna have some fun this weekend, Zach. Perfect. I love it. I love that. Okay, Josh, you can't get in on it, unfortunately. There's only two teams in this, but uh I can't pick um, the tie. <laughs> <laughs> can't pick um, the tie. If you no. pick, if you if you correctly pick a tie, I'll give you five dollars. <laughs> Ooh. Well, Colby's shelling out cash over there. <laughs> Uh, we're now a sports betting podcast. That's, yeah. that's a, uh, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Adrian over Marion. I think uh, that's gonna be my lock of the week. I'll see you boys at two and zero. That's another. Oh. Josh is just like can't get over how badly they beat Michigan State earlier. So now he's just uh, picking them in all their matches. Uh, it's like Stockholm maybe, syndrome, kind of. Maybe this wasn't the wisest decision, Zach, because now there's a guarantee that one of us will come away with a loss. Woo! That is true. Yeah, I know who that, it's going to be. Just... It's not going to be me. That's for sure. Unless, unless. No. no. <laughs> I can't wait to watch that game now. We got to see how this plays out. Uh, this is this is excellent. I'm glad you made the call, Colby. We're going to uh, we're going to go head to head here. Maybe if we do a head to head, maybe we get two wins and two losses. Oh, double. double the stakes. Double or I'm nothing. Double the, lo- double the loss. <laughs> I'm, I'm not with, but I'm with double the wins. <laughs> You got it. It's one you can't have. You know, you got. It's got to be both. It's going to be one. We'll sort it out off off mic. We have a lot to discuss outside of this podcast. But we have gone for a long time here. Uh, hey, Colby, what uh, what do you got for us here to to uh, final thoughts before we wrap up? Go Gales! Wow, he's what? back! Wow, what a journey! I I've ne- I never left. I never left. I was <laughs> just getting mis- I was getting misunderstood. <laughs> If someone had charted this podcast for Colby's, like I own a fandom throughout the the hour plus we've been on here, it would just be like all over the place. Uh, I you're going through it, man. I I, I feel you. I appreciate it. We'll on uh, to the next one. On to the I, next I hope, one. 
I hope the Gales help you out and get you right again the rest of this year. But uh, thanks for uh, thanks for joining us, everybody. Another episode of College Rugby Wrap-Up here. I'm Zach Lanning, joined by Kobe Marshall and Josh Recio. We're the College Rugby Wrap-Up crew, a part of the Rugby Wrap-Up Network. Stay with us all season for more nonsense and shenanigans like this. Uh, and stay with us for Colby's beautiful voice. He's going to sing us out again. Colby, what do you got? It's the College Rugby Wrap-Up Show that... Josh and Colby. Yeah. All right, perfect. Boom.